Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast to Sober Chicks. Happy Sunday, happy glory day. It is April 19th, 2020. We are commencing with part four of our forward, what, what was I calling the series? The Forward Journey series, The Miracle of Step 12. We left off on page 117 when it was discussing um, marriage and relationships in AA. Nearly every sound human being experiences at some time in life a compelling desire to find a mate with whom the fullest possible union can be made, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical. This mighty urge is the root of great human accomplishments, a creative energy that deeply influences our lives. God fashioned us that way. So our question will be this, how, by ignorance, compulsion, and self-will, do we misuse this gift for our own destruction? We AAs cannot pretend to offer full answers to age-old perplexities, but our own experience does provide certain answers that work for us. When alcoholism strikes, very unnatural situations may develop which work against marriage partnership and compatible union. If one is affected, the other must become head of the house, often the breadwinner. As matters get worse, one becomes a sick and responsible child who needs to be looked after and extricated from endless scrapes and passes. Very gradually and usually, without any realization of the fact, the other is forced to become the mother or father of an erring boy or girl. Um, Some of the language in this book is a little misogynistic, uh, so I am changing it to include everybody. I shouldn't say that. I don't know if it's misogynistic or not. That's not up for me to decide. But I find some of the language, the gender language, can exclude um, looking at a situation in modern terms as opposed to terms back then. So instead of saying like man and wife and all of that other stuff, I just make it a little more inclusive. Anyways, back to the reading. And if a person has a strong maternal or paternal instinct to begin with, the situation is aggravated. Obviously, not much partnership can exist under these conditions. The partner usually goes on doing the best he or she knows how. But meanwhile, the alcoholic alternately loves and hates his or her care. A pattern is thereby established that may take a lot of undoing later on. Nevertheless, under the influence of AA's 12 steps, these situations are often set right. And there's a little asterisk talking about the importance of Al-Anon family groups. Al-Anon is the um, 12-step fellowship for people affected by the ravages of addiction from their loved ones. It's a really great group to go to to learn how not to enable, what codependency is, how to live your life um, in a happy, healthy, fulfilling way when you have someone in your life whose alcoholism or drug addiction affects you. So please do, if you're listening to this or you know someone that might benefit from that 12-step group, tell them to Google Al-Anon or Al-Anon family groups and they'll find links that can pop up. When the distortion has been great, however, a long period of patient striving may be necessary. After the partner joins AA, the other partner may become discontented, even highly resentful that Alcoholics Anonymous has done the very thing that all of his or her years of devotion had failed to do. 
his or her partner may become so wrapped up in AA and their new friends that he or she is inconsiderately away from home more than when he or she drank. Seeing their unhappiness, the partner recommends AA's 12 steps and tries to teach him or her how to live. This person naturally feels that for years they have made a far better job of living than the alcoholic or addict has. Both of them blame each other and ask when their marriage or relationship is ever going to be happy again. They may even begin to suspect it had never been any good in the first place. Compatibility, of course, can be so impossibly damaged that a separation may be necessary. But those cases are the unusual ones. Again, not so unusual. The alcoholic realizing what his partner or her partner has endured and now fully understanding how much they did to damage their partner and possibly their children nearly always takes up their marriage responsibilities with a willingness to repair what they can do and accept what they can't. He or she persistently tries all of the AA's 12 steps in their home, often with fine results. At this point, he or she firmly but lovingly commences to behave like a partner instead of like a bad child. And above all, this person is finally convinced that reckless romancing is not a way of life for him. AA has many single alcoholics who wish to marry and are in a position to do so. Some marry fellow AAs. How do they come out? On the whole, these marriages are very good ones. Their common suffering as drinkers, their common interest in AA and spiritual things, often enhance such unions. It is only when boy meets girl, or girl meets girl, or boy meets boy, or whatever, on AA's campus and falls in love at first sight that difficulties may develop. The prospective partners need to be solid AAs and long enough acquainted to know that their compatibility at spiritual, mental, and emotional levels is a fact and not wishful thinking. I think this is so important. Listen, if you are single and dating, whether or not you do it in the rooms or outside of the rooms, that's up to you. Um, Those things are so important. I had a friend say to me one time about uh, my ex, actually who I am still incredibly attracted to. Um, and I would get all gooey and mushy when I talked about him. And But I was telling her about the concerns I had about some things about him and in his life and in his patterns. And she said, okay, so if the goo and the gush and the melt went away, would you still feel that way for him? And at the time, I said no. And that was before I decided to let us try a relationship again and now I know um, that answer was wrong and if the goo does go away yeah I'm gonna sneeze probably um I'll try (gasps) goodness gracious excuse me I'm so terribly sorry I tried to make that as quiet as possible that's me holding it in by the way okay back to the reading They need to be as sure as possible that no deep-lying emotional handicap in either will be likely to rise up under later pressures to cripple them, which is kind of impossible to predict. The considerations are equally untrue and important for the AAs who marry quote-unquote outside AA. With clear understanding and right grown-up attitudes, very happy results do follow. 
And what can be said of the many AA members who, for a variety of reasons, cannot have a family life? This is such a good point. At first, many of these feel lonely, hurt, and left out as they witness so much domestic happiness about them. If they cannot have this kind of happiness, can AA offer them satisfactions of similar worth and durability? Yes, whenever they try hard to seek them out. Surrounded by many AA friends, these so-called loners tell us they no longer feel alone. In partnership with others, women and men, they can devote themselves to any number of ideas, people, and constructive projects. Free of marital responsibilities, they can participate in enterprises which would be denied to family men and women. We daily see such members register, render prodigies of service and receive great joys in return. Why I love this is because for the last almost 10 years oh fuck has it been that long no it's been eight for the last eight years I have been mostly single I was married when I entered recovery and then two and a half years into recovery I became separated and then we divorced and so most of my life in recovery and in the rooms has been single and there have been periods where I feel resentful that other people are happily in relationships Um, I feel lonely, um, uh, jealous, envious, all of those things, unfulfilled. It would really bother me when I would be crushingly lonely to have people tell me to be of service and that that would somehow help. And they were right. It did help. But it never really addressed that feeling of I was a wife and I was a stepmom and I was, you know, whether or not it was a good marriage at the time, I had somebody there. And yes, I was lonely when he was there, but it's a very different loneliness when you're by yourself. And quite honestly, I don't think one is easier than the other. But as a single woman now, I do have opportunities that so many people in relationships do not. I can do what I want, go where I want, be responsible to what I want. I can say yes to opportunities, yes to service, yes to a whole bunch of things that people in relationships or with significant others cannot do. And I know for me, this is just a season. So in having that awareness, I know that I'm going to be married again. I'm going to be in relationship again. But in the meantime, how can I make the most of what's going on in my life now? And so much of my physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual fulfillment does come from recovery and the people in it and the service opportunities it affords me. So as a so-called loner, I don't often feel lonely or alone. It's, it's rare for me. And I feel grateful that when I do, I have people that get me that I've met in this program that I can turn to. And it also has in turn enriched the relationships that I have with people outside of recovery, because really, I learned how to have healthy relationships in recovery. And when that person does come along, and I am in a relationship, I no longer have to make that person God, they don't have to be my everything, because I have so much in the relationships I've formed in these rooms, so many different elements that that person can just be my partner, my boyfriend, my husband, my love. They don't also have to be my sponsor, my therapist, my recovery friends, my program, my whatever. It's a really beautiful gift I've received in recovery. Where the possession of money and material things was concerned, our outlook underwent the same revolutionary change. 
With a few exceptions, all of us had been spendthrifts. We threw money about in every direction. You know what? I'm going to stop. I feel like we just took a turn from relationships to finances. And this is my podcast, so I get to do what I want. So um, we will be moving on to step five. I mean, part five of the Forward Journey series, The Miracle of Step 12, next time. I hope you've had a great Sunday. Please get some rest. Please take care of yourself. Stay sober. Keep coming back. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.